Hello everybody, I'm Alan Walker, editor and host of Chat Talent. As always, an incredibly huge welcome to the Chat Talent People podcast. This is the second of many more to come. In this episode, I was joined by Rachel Barnes, who looks after the HR and recruitment technology sector for business builder, The Sandpit. We discussed the future of HR, more specifically the skills that are going to be needed by HR professionals to be successful in the future. And, of course, I couldn't avoid asking Rachel about the shiny new tech that she's working with right now and seeing coming through in the not-too-distant future. Enjoy! Please take your seats. This evening's performance is about to begin. Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the Chat Talent People podcast. It's really, really great to have you here today on this rather snowy morning. I was wondering if you could just give us um, an introduction to you, um, your background and um, what you do right now. Sure. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here today and to be able to talk about what I do and and uh, the future of HR. Uh, my name is Rachel Barnes. I'm um, my background. I'm lucky enough to have a really varied range of experiences, having done a lot of interesting things, starting off in recruitment uh, before moving in-house to HR. Uh, then I got the opportunity to move into the front office of the investment bank I was working for as a client relationship manager. That was focusing on equities and the clients being hedge funds and asset managers in Europe and the US. I then got the opportunity to lead a new change management team and a lot of the projects were focused on leadership development, communication and client interaction. I also got to design and implement an innovation framework, which was really good fun, and also provided me with the opportunity to broaden my experience into the startup world, uh, incubators and innovation consultancy. I'd been talking to the the founder of the company I work for, The Sandpit, Simon Campbell, uh, for some time, and was really excited about the opportunity to join him and run the HR tech stream of his business builder. I love what we do. We're client-led, so I spend a lot of time with HR leaders and the C-suite, finding out their thoughts on the future of HR, people, ways of working, and using these themes, identify the startups which are differentiated and meet real business needs, with the aim of partnering with these startups commercially to take them from startup to scale-up normally to around their first million in revenue. It's great fun. And I'm working with really interesting and creative people and get to meet people like you, Alan. <laughs> that sounds like a, a whole heap of fun, actually. I can imagine that's a real ball, getting to see some of the exciting technology that's coming onto the market. But why, but why are you so passionate about the, the future of HR, Rachel? Gosh, it's so ripe for disruption. For too long, it's been seen as a cost and control function, not providing the value it should or could, and not being given a voice. I believe that it's technology that will change this and enable HR to be lifted out of this task-based administrative, manual and process-orientated role to one which is more business-aligned, commercial and strategic. Um, It's had costs cut for so long, they're incredibly lean, uh, they're constantly being asked to do more with less, and technology will really facilitate this change. Of course, there are some examples of human resources departments who are already there, but they're unfortunately few and far between. Additionally, with workforce changing so dramatically, and workplaces having to adapt to five generations working together, as well as keeping up with their varying technological abilities, To maintain an attractive employer proposition, this is the push factor that both business and HR need to make this change, 
to be able to get the budget together to make this change. You, you talk there about the employee proposition being a, a key factor. Um, are there any other key areas of change as, as you see them? Well, yes, actually, it's the whole end-to-end employee journey from talent attraction right through to maintaining an alumni. Recruitment is actually one of the few areas that's taken to tech developments much more enthusiastically. But the rest of it, so onboarding and induction, employee engagement and reward, performance management, learning and development, workforce analytics, communication and collaboration tools, all of these will be impacted positively by tech. It will also enable HR to offload a lot of tasks which should really be led by managers. If managers had the tools and perhaps the skills to manage effectively, a lot of HR's remit wouldn't be needed, which I know is a bit controversial. (laughs) Uh, Tech should also enable the business to have a much more holistic and proactive approach to their employees, putting them at the center of everything and treating them as they would clients. Some of the consulting work I do is around mapping this end-to-end employee journey with clients to dig into how they're managing each step of that journey and the tools that they're using and to highlight to them the tech which would facilitate and create impact and efficiencies. The bottom line is creating an attractive employer which maximizes the engagement and productivity of their teams, creating loyal and motivated employees who refer their network and um, into the organization and overall increase profitability. So you, you, you're working with a wide range of organisations on that side, by the sound of things. Yes. And um, and this is a bit of a broad brush question because it will differ from organisation to to organisation, no doubt. But um, in a more on a more holistic level, what do organisations need to do to keep pace with the change that's happening or the change that needs to happen? Well, you're right that it depends on the organisation, and it very much depends on what the organisation's goal is. Um, an astonishing number of companies I'm speaking to are actually looking for the basics: a good backbone HR system for storing and managing employee data and from which they can report. But of course, this is as much as that's really important, it's not going to be a game changer. It's not gonna attract candidates, engage and develop the staff or enable um, you know, a fluid and collaborative workforce. What I'm looking for are the pain points of an organization to try and start there to give them a quick win. You know, do they have high turnover? Is their candidate screening manual? Do they struggle to attract candidates? How are they identifying development needs and providing training? How engages their workforce? What's the client feedback? If tech helps them solve something that's been an issue and is causing them problems, then this win will hopefully assist other areas to put together a business case which will gain traction and budget. The biggest hurdle I'm coming across is the lack of budget for anything that will take the organization to the next level tech-wise, as well as the lack of appetite. It's astonishing how many organizations say their employees are their most important asset, but then don't follow through on this with meaningful actions. That's really interesting. And um, it's often one of the most banded phrases around, our employees are our most valuable assets. But the reality when you check in on that, to see whether that's really true is sketchy to say the least. And it's a really good point you make there around budget. Do you think that the reason HR can't always get the budget is that they can't always evidence the business case or return on investment? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I don't think um, a lot of the time HR are really the decision makers. And um, but the problem is, if if a tech company or if myself as well goes to the CFO or the CEO or someone, particularly of larger organisations, 
and then you mention employees or something to do with human resources, you just get referred back to HR. So it's a catch-22. It's like nobody in the business is allowed to be bothered about employees apart from HR. When actually, yeah, it's kind of worrying that. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So what? what in, let's say some organisations are pushing ahead, they're doing some great stuff, things are moving forward. Um, what risks are there for the, the HR professionals, the HR teams that don't prepare themselves for the future? Well, um, it's a tough one because if you agree that tech will play a much larger part in the employee journey and in facilitating communication and collaboration, then the HR team should really be leading on identifying their organization's needs and the tech that can solve them. And therefore, they need to be tech savvy. And it's not a classic skill. HR professionals are CIPD qualified, which actually nowadays is always becoming a little irrelevant. Um, you know, you've got your employee relations, your legal people who can advise on the legal stuff. And the rest of it is much more around engagement, communication and tech. And the thing is, HR need to be, if they're going to do this role, they need to be able to understand the questions to ask and be comfortable with having a look under the bonnet to see whether it really does what it says on the tin. They also need to be confident in piloting the product and selling it internally. It's a huge ask. There's 26,000 tech companies out there in the HR tech space. It's a struggle for someone like me, whose job it is to review and assess them every day and to get to grips with everything out there. So it's near on impossible for someone who's also super stretched to add this on top. Um, HR budgets and resources have been cut to the quick. And, um, but on top of that, it also requires a lot of curiosity to read around the topics, to understand at a high level artificial intelligence, machine learning, chatbots, etc. And that does take time. I remember when I left banking, um, I was super interested in all of this. And I started to you know, read a lot and get out there. And I went to a roundtable uh, breakfast um, talking about machine learning. And there was this fascinating guy, very good communicator, runs a machine learning company, and he was doing a talk for 45 minutes. And I walked out at the end of it, and I genuinely did not have a clue what he'd said. For the whole, hour. I mean, just it went way over my head. But because I was super interested and I wanted to be more engaged in this space, I then went off and talked to people and read more. But it took time, you know. And I think about that whenever I'm talking to HR people, and you know, I'm dropping in artificial intelligence, machine learning, or they're talking about you know tech they've seen. It's it, you know they're not going to just pick this stuff up overnight. It it does involve a lot of work. And then the other side of it is. You know, if we agree that tech will enable HR to lift up out of the sort of mundane into the more strategic and commercial in more of a business advisory capacity, then these are also different skills. You know, if you, th if you think about it, rotations into HR from the business and vice versa would be crucial for a better understanding of each other's needs and constraints. But historically, that's not been something that people would really consider. Um, behavioral change as well and change management skills are also important to help the business change the way they work and the way that they interact and collaborate and the way that they adopt technology. So this is the HR of the future is a really different skill set. It's tech savvy, it's strategic, it's commercial, um, it's much more business orientated and um, uh, change management. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm with you on there and we have clients that we advise around technology and some of the things you tell them about they've not heard of a complete surprise it's been around they've been around for three four five years and you're like yeah. well, you've really not 
across the stuff. This isn't um, this isn't groundbreaking stuff. This is stuff that's kind of basics now, yeah. and it, it's often because they are absolutely lost in the weeds. It's not criticism, and I was probably the same when I was um, doing an in-house TA role. It's very easy to get snowed under by the, the day-to-day work stuff when actually you wish you did have the headroom to um, look at what else is out there. But I think it is getting easier. Um, You know, I think hopefully, you know, podcasts like this, shameless plug, and um, and numerous others that are out there um, are are helping people find a real quick, easy way to learn about what's happening in this world and to keep on top of it without having to spend hours or, or, or tens of thousands of pounds on consultants. Well, and another shameless plug is one of your future podcasts is going to be about AI basics and things like this. They are more accessible and they're more easy, um, you know, for people to attend events on it or podcasts or what have you. There's so many articles out there as well trying to demystify things. But it is, as you say, taking the time to do it. Exactly. And it's finding the headroom and actually understanding if you do find the headroom, it'll be worth it in the long run because you will free up time elsewhere for further in your life, further in your career, because yes. um, you won't be so bogged down by the mundane because you'll have found a solution to move that mundane into a, a way that it can be automated or streamlined or whatever it might be. So you can concentrate on the more interesting stuff and moving the dial in a, in a genuine way. And then thank you for the future plug of um, the AI <laughs> podcast. I'm certainly looking forward to that one. I'll, um, I'll drop the fiver in the post to you um, after the after the podcast Thanks a fiver? <laughs> all right all right you're a good negotiator we'll call it six <laughs> um, what so we're talking there about some of the risks for hr professionals and, and hr teams in terms of not preparing but but what impact will there be on organizations overall that that don't change do you think uh, well, do you know, none of this is going to happen overnight. I mean, it's going to take time to change. Um, but those organizations that don't change, fundamentally, they'll just become less attractive. They'll become less attractive to candidates. They won't have the agility and flexibility needed in these challenging times. Recruitment will be slow and clunky, meaning they'll lose out on attracting and closing good candidates. Employee engagement will be become an issue, leading to turnover. Um, the way they, their staff learn and are performance managed and developed will impact productivity, client interactions, revenue. Bottom line is that companies that don't engage will fall behind their competitors. It's so important to look to the future and ensure that companies are future fit. Absolutely. I agree entirely. And it's easy again to think, well, everything's all right now. We're doing okay. Um, Our shareholders are reasonably happy. But actually, things do change at such a such a pace potentially um that somebody suddenly does something a little bit a little bit left field a little bit different and suddenly they're racing ahead yes. so at least, if you haven't at least got your eye on what that might be so you can react quickly um ideally not reacting you should be proacting but you know what i mean so you you're going to be really starting from a million miles behind so just keeping your eye on what's out there even if your organization takes a long time to turn because it's a huge global conglomerate that never does anything particularly quickly at least if you know what to do when to do it how to do it etc you can start planning for that future can't you rather than reacting too late and there are examples of organizations that have reacted too late and have been really caught caught by the wayside and uh, and have gone under because of it so yeah. you at least got the ability to to move once you do need to move 
Um, yeah. So tell me, I want to know more about the sand pit because you, you you sound like you're getting paid to do the job that I'd love to do and <laughs> spend time. I kind of do a bit of it anyway, advising people, but you get out there right at the right at the cold face of um, HR tech startups who are right, really in their their early stage of their, their their growth and their evolution, so to speak. What what exciting technologies are you are you seeing? Oh well, I love all of the AI tools around screening candidates. Um, I mean, just you know, having been a recruiter myself, both um, at a recruitment firm and in house, I know how boring that can be, and I know how much bias, unconscious and conscious, can be built in, and boredom. You know, gosh, you get to three o'clock and you've spent the day screening candidates, and you're just like, oh my god, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 interview fatigue, absolutely, oh. it's a real thing. So um, there's some fantastic tools there, and they're based. And what I love as well is it's not based on education or technical skills it's based on culture and soft skills and that is the stuff that you normally um, screen in an interview after having wasted 45 minutes of your time plus scheduling so um, you know companies like predictive hire seedlink um, there's some really interesting stuff out there the other thing that i really really love is the um, the learning and development tools which are like a coach in your pocket so their apps and um, their sort of democratized coaching, um, and uh, some of them are also being developed to focus on building resiliency too, which is a real um, uh, a, a real thing that I'm focused on because I've seen, particularly coming from banking, uh, it's too easy to sort of break people and then just throw money at the problem. It's much harder to build resiliency and understand the different levels of resiliency of people in your team. And make sure that you are, you know, preempting mental health issues. So any um, apps or any uh, tech products that are uh, supporting that, I'm a massive champion of. Um, and one in particular that I like even better focuses on coaching managers and employees to have one-on-ones, to have difficult conversations, and to help them both out on their development journeys. Um, and I love the fact that this is tech, but it's facilitating and encouraging in-person discussions. So much tech is focused on tech and just looking at your phone. And it's really important to maintain social and emotional intelligence and that the, re- the relationships we build at work and at home don't become secondary. Um, so ones like that, so that one's called um, uh, Open Blend. And then another one, which is more of the coach in your pocket, just a pure app is Emoquo and there's um, uh, Alistra. So there's some fantastic stuff out there. Uh, but I think those ones, and particularly around the artificial intelligence, um, they're the ones which are not perhaps selling or scaling as fast as they could, just because there's still a lot of hesitation in HR. Um, and I think that's part, it's due to two reasons. Firstly, I think there's a fundamental fear of AI because it's the unknown. <laughs> and will this AI really screen the candidates as well as I could? And how will I know if it's not? Um, and then the second part is that as I said before, with HR being so, um, you know, cut to the bone, cost-cutting, that it, for them to be able to take on board one of these tools, they'll probably have to put a business case forward to reduce their team size. Um, and that's such a shame because, it, in my opinion, tech shouldn't be about re- necessarily be about reducing headcount. It should be right. about uplifting that headcount to do more value-add stuff. Absolutely. Um, but I'm not sure the businesses are there yet, really. And it goes back to the same problem of lack of budget. And I think the only way you're going to get that 
get over that in an organization is say, look, this isn't just about making HR more efficient. It's about making you, yes. you a hiring manager, a line manager, um, more efficient, empowering you with better data to make better decisions that will have a positive impact on your bottom line further down the line because you'll be hiring the very best people. You'll be developing everybody in the right way you'll be coaching people in the right way and your performance will go up so this isn't a hr investment it's an organizational investment uh, to make sure we are we're doing the best we possibly possibly can and i think we'll start to see um we'll start to see those technologies that are genuinely helping individuals have better more human conversations really kind of racing ahead over the next couple of years and the ones that are just about purely automating the hell out of things or just cost cutting or driving efficiencies they'll they'll probably do okay and maybe in the really large corporate organizations where a lot of that is important maybe they'll get some wins but i think the technology that actually drives better human human behavior and creates better human conversations will be the stuff that people get really excited about and you're right, assessment technology is great for that. People think, oh, it's just about putting people through a piece of tech and then it's shortlisting on their behalf. Well, it's not. It's about making sure the people you do focus on are the right people so you can have more time with them and spend more time deciding, could I work with this individual? Could they fit into my team? Is this somebody that I would enjoy um, building my business with? And rather than talking to 10 people where only two of them might be right, you focus on two or three or, or almost definitely right in terms of skills, and then it's just about that, that fit piece um so yeah i think that kind of tech that uh, really embraces the need for better human conversations will be the stuff that kind of runs a runs a million miles over the next couple of years yes and there's not that many of them actually most of no. them are tech tech Mm, yeah, exactly. But we're starting to see some good ones, aren't we? Around um, you mentioned their onboarding. Um, I've seen two or three technologies over the last couple of weeks or so around onboarding, where they're they're all about actually encouraging managers, HR, recruiters to be more human and be more in contact with the individual. Yes, there's a certain amount of automation in there to make things a little bit more straightforward, but because it's freeing up a whole heap of time for people, it's actually creating the opportunity to say, look, why, why don't you um, why don't you drop a message to your new joiner a week before yeah. they join? And why don't you have a quick coffee with them? Why don't you ring them up and say, how are you doing? All things that a good manager would do anyway, or a great sure. manager would do anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually about encouraging everybody to say, look, this stuff isn't impossible. It's not actually that difficult either. Sometimes people just need a little prompt, don't they? Yeah. Because you always look at the difference between what a good a good leader is and an okay leader. And often it's not that the okay leader doesn't want to be a, a good leader. It's sometimes they just don't know how. So if technology can give them a little pod and a proke in the right direction and say, do this, drop a text to so-and-so, um, give this person a quick call, see how they're doing, see how they're getting on, see if they're ready uh, to come in on Monday. It's just those little pointers that sometimes people need. It's like a little yeah. coach on their shoulder almost isn't it just saying yes. why don't you do these things because it, a lot of it isn't rocket science it isn't it really isn't it's just remembering which most people are just so bogged down in the day-to-day -day. the other the other interesting one actually on that topic is um there's a company called Aploy, which is video screening uh, mainly for sort of retail hospitality but the nice thing about it is also the hiring manager and the hr person puts on a video of the job description too or they don't have to but they nice. can do and I just think it's nice because then as a candidate, you're applying to a person rather than a black hole. Mm. And, it and just, everybody it, knows. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Um, everybody knows actually, you don't join an organisation because of their their shiny employer brand or they, their employee value proposition. It's it's generally the person you go and meet and you think I could work with this this person and yeah. I feel inspired by this person and I think I'll have a ball with this person. I can learn from this person um, rather than how shiny the the front door is or the signage or the the, the bean bags or the slide from the mezzanine floor down to reception or all those kind of soft and woolly things that are all right. Right? They're nice. Um, everybody likes a good game of table tennis. But ultimately, it's the people you're going to work with, isn't it, that are the most yeah. inspiring thing? Yeah. And, it's just, yeah, and it's just nice hearing them talk and hearing them talk about the role and the enthusiasm and stuff. So I think that's a, a really lovely um, uh, differentiation. Authenticity and all that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Rachel, we... We're coming to the end of our time. I wanted to thank you so much for, for joining us um, at Chat Talent for our, our People podcast. I've had an absolute ball. Uh, I've been really, really impressed with what you guys are doing at the Sandpit and um, jealous that you're going to see technology so early in its, in its development. Um, so it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good.